Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me once again. If you haven't told a lighting colleague about this podcast, please do. Uh, We are on episode 101, so there's a lot of content to go back and listen to and engage with. And I appreciate you sharing the podcast, liking it, subscribing it, reviewing it, all of those things on your favorite podcast platform, because it should be available everywhere. If you find otherwise, please message me and let me know. And thank you for listening once again. So I had mentioned a few podcasts back that the January 2023 issue of Furniture Lighting and Decor was just rife with um, <laughs> with content that I definitely wanted to share on the podcast. So I think we're on the last article um, <laughs> out of the, this magazine. I told Diane that I definitely owed her one, that this was just a great um, uh, issue of the magazine. And I really appreciated all of the content therein. Um, I, the, what I want to talk about this week or this two weeks, whatever this episode, how about that (laughs) is the article hiring to thrive in the furniture, lighting and decor. It's on page 42. Um, it, it does it has a lot of great content in it um, from the retail doctor Bob Phipps, from Bob Warmbold of Accent Lighting, and from Connie. I'm sure I'm going to say it wrong. Lefever, Le, Le Lefevre. I'm so, so terrible with names. It's really terrible. Um, <laughs> but she's owner of Design House in Houston, Texas. And if you happen to hear this, a million apologies for butchering your name. Um, I butcher lots of names as Kirsten Reese would be delighted to tell you how I only lately learned how to pronounce her name. Anyway, hiring in a lighting showroom is a real special challenge. <laughs> I have been, uh, you know, worked at other in other industries where I was in some sort of managerial or supervisory role. I don't think I ever had like the final say in a hiring decision prior to my time working at an independent lighting showroom, but I definitely had been engaged and involved in this process before. Um, and it is just a whole level of special trying to find somebody to work as a lighting consultant or a sales consultant in an independent lighting showroom. First of all, finding somebody with industry experience is real challenging. Now, it seems like that wouldn't be so challenging because, you know, once you're in the lighting industry, we all just kind of shift around and nobody actually really leaves the industry. It seems like there'd be plenty of people, (laughs) but there's not. Um, or they are, they're just few and far between. Sometimes you wonder like, do I want to hire somebody who's worked in what other ever parts of the industry? And like, that hasn't worked out. Is that going to be a good fit? Almost always, if I can find somebody with lighting experience, they shoot to the top of the list as a potential candidate for a job because it is so, 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 so time consuming and challenging to train somebody in light fixture and fan sales. 
and and the key emphasis of that sentence being on light fixtures and fans. The sales part is really the easier part. It's the light fixtures and fans. It is it can be such an overwhelming amount of information to understand how they function, what you need to look for, what the benefits sizing, a million different things that go into assessing if a fixture or fan is the correct one for someone's home. Will it meet their needs? Will it make them happy? Is this just going to be returned? Like there's just so much that goes into it. And plus there are so many options available out there. It is so overwhelming when somebody starts working at one of our businesses and finding the right person who is willing to take that challenge on is it, it really is like a needle in a haystack kind of proposition. So I'm going to skim through this article, a few sentences that I thought were really interesting um, for those of us as you know, we look to hire people to work in our lighting showrooms. And the first thing that jumped off, out to me is finding a person with a commitment or passion for the type of work. And that goes back to why if you've worked in lighting, it's really easy to find another job in lighting in that we all understand how difficult it is to really learn this industry and become really good at it and knowing the ins and outs of good lighting versus bad lighting and what fixtures are supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do and be able to express that in a concise way to a customer that doesn't make them just glaze over and check out, like that keeps them engaged with you and your business. It's a whole process and evolution. So this is why somebody with lighting experience, when they come into my store and they're looking for a job, they shoot to the top of the list because they've demonstrated a commitment to the type of work that we're doing. And those people are not a dime a dozen. Um, and this is like the hardest thing to hire for, right? Like I've done so many interviews with people that I just thought were lovely, but I was not fully convinced that they were willing to take on the challenge of learning in a whole new industry that is much more complicated than it seems (laughs) at first glance. Like most people And this is our challenge with getting people into the lighting showroom as consumers too, right? Like most people move into a house, they have a light fixture that works, they flip the switch, it comes on, and they really don't think about it past that or a fan or whatever. And it's not until something goes wrong that they even give their lighting a moment's thought. Like... It just, it just doesn't happen. It certainly didn't happen for me. I lived in a variety of homes and apartments, uh, in my, you know, youth and young adulthood. And I didn't give one second's thought to the light fixtures or fans inside those spaces other than the fan is on high. I know I have to pull that chain to get it down on low. Do I really want to get out of bed in the middle of the night and do that? Or do I just want to stay under the covers? Like that was as far, that is as much thought as I ever gave (laughs) to my lighting or fans in any space I ever lived in. I didn't even know fans could be controlled by remotes (laughs) until I started working at a lighting showroom. Now I'll never live without one. (laughs) So it's hard to find somebody who can go from zero to 100 with a passion for the industry. And so that's like, the absolute hardest thing to hire for is finding someone that can be willing to learn and grow and, and, and thrive 
with this new tech, like with this whole new product line that they'd never even given any thought to. And finding that person is really hard because in a job interview, they all say, yeah, 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 sure. I'm ready for the challenge. No problemo. And then they come on board and you find out eh, they're not as into it as they thought, or it turns out it's much more complicated than they thought and they're not gelling with it. So it, it, it can be such a challenge. Um, this article starts out about talking where to post job listings. And the one thing that I thought was super interesting was that posting a job, uh, a job opening on your, um, business's website or social media, um, the candidates that come to you through those channels are probably going to be the best ones for you to take a look at that like rings true to me. If you just put the job posting on like indeed or LinkedIn or wherever you're going to get any manner of applicants for it. Um, I've had good success with that in the past, but I can definitely see where doing it on your socials and getting response that way is best. In fact, the person that's leading my showroom in a sales fashion, um, she didn't have lighting experience before, but she came to the position through the job listing that I posted on our, um, uh, our Facebook page. That's how she found out about the job and applied for it. And she's been super successful. So, um, that does have a, a ring of truth to me. So, um, it might be, you know, you might want to put something a little different in that job listing to know that that's where the applicant came from or something, but it's really, um, I think that that strikes as like the right thing to do because you're looking for someone who has a passion or at least a strong interest in the products that you're selling and can learn about those products and share and communicate with customers and encourage them to buy, right? So um, if they're already engaging with you on your website or social media, they're much more likely to engage as a great employee inside your business as well. So, um, there's a quote in this article from Bob Wormbold, um, and I'll just read the first part of it uh, verbatim here. He says in the lighting industry, it takes at least two years to get a person up to an entry level of understanding the product. It's a big investment and we have to trust that any candidate is going to be with us for a fair amount of time. And that statement really resonates with me. <laughs> it does. And I tell um, any prospective candidate it, that is coming to work for us that, you know, it's going to take three months, 90 days or so to become just baseline comfortable with this level of product, six months to really start feeling confident about it, and a year or more to start feeling like you have any real expertise. It just takes so long because there are so many different situations and kinds of products we sell. Like if we only sold chandeliers and that's all you had to learn, fine. But it's it's chandeliers, it's wall lighting, it's exterior lighting, it's landscape lighting, it's you know commercial lighting. It's all of this, everything. It's ceiling fans. How could I forget ceiling fans? That's everyone's favorite thing to learn <laughs> when they come and work at an independent lighting showroom. I say that in jest. I actually loved the ceiling fan of it all. I thought it was some of the easiest product to learn and engage with. Like you could like play with the motor, you know, the control and the motors would do different things. And you're like, oh, I totally get it. To me, that was like a much easier uh, learning process. But some people really struggle with it because it can be so mechanical. 
They don't like latch on right away. So to really get the ins and outs of a ceiling fan and what makes a great ceiling fan and why our ceiling fans are different than the big box store ceiling fans and being able to clearly um, spell that all out for a prospective customer, it takes time. Two years is not crazy town in terms of getting somebody fully versed in everything, lighting and fans and being a really great salesperson at it. It takes time. Um, the article goes on to say the importance of training your employees. I will be the first to admit that my business has always been a little lax in our training program, not because I want to be, but because when push comes to shove and you have to make a a time decision for what you're going to invest your time on in your business, the training usually like falls right off the radar screen. Like I have like all of the best intentions. We get started on a good path. Things get busy. We get distracted and the training just seems to be the first thing to go right out the window. Um, I fully acknowledge that's not really the best business decision to make, um, with, my newest hires, um, both who have been with the business for a while now, but we do a weekly training on something that they're interested in or that came up, um, like whether it's track lighting or dimmers or some deep dive on an aspect of LEDs or ceiling fans or whatever it is. We're doing that every week. And it's their chance to take whatever the most random customer question that walked in the door that week and turn that into a learning experience so that they can better understand, okay, what did that customer want? You know, even little things um, like asking, like somebody has trouble with their lighting controls and then you want to, and they want to replace a dimmer or whatever, and you need to know if it's single pole or three way. And just like learning to know to ask the question, can you turn the light on from one or two places or three, but just even having the knowledge to be able to ask that question to troubleshoot, um, it takes a while. And it's the little moments like that, that we do in our weekly trainings that I think pay off in the long run, because maybe they just never thought to ask, Hey, how many places can you turn that light on or off as a way to get an answer to the, is your, light fixture, single pole or three-way, you ask most retail homeowners that question, they're going to look at you like confused. I don't know, like, what are you even talking about? So it's little things like that, that those of us who've been in the industry a long time know um, to ask. But when you're starting out, it's those, those things that make it that much easier to perform and do your job. So training, training, training is super important. I, um, have my uh, sales team signed up for the retail sales Academy, uh, training program. I really, really enjoy that. Um, I feel like I can handle most of the lighting and fan training. Um, I have a good, uh, base of that. I, like I said, I'm not, I will fully admit to not always being as consistent as I could be, but I have a good base on that. But being able to just talk through some of the tips and tricks of good retail salesmanship, um, that's where that retail sales academy has come in such, um, 
like come into play in a really critical way. Even for those of us that are like seasoned sales professionals, it can be really helpful just to like reread and reinforce these behaviors and maybe even understand a bit more why you're doing them, um, which makes them even more effective, right? So like the this article on page 44, here's another quote that it's, the and this plays right into this training of your sales team. Uh, quote, if a customer comes in and they're looking for one particular thing you don't have in stock, you don't just say, quote, no, we don't have it. This is Connie um, from Houston. Uh, you want your employees to find an acceptable equivalent that is available in these crazy supply chain times. That's being of assistance to someone. You want a person who is a thinker. I can't impress that enough. It's huge and it's hard to determine right away. It only happens after a little exposure to them being your uh, potential job candidate. I cannot agree more with that. I tell everyone that comes to work at my store that I'm not hiring you for, you know, your charm and good looks, which, you know, might be part of it, but I'm hiring you for your brain. (laughs) I don't just need a warm body. I need a brain. I need somebody who's going to critically think, who's going to understand what we're here for, how vital it is to serve every customer, that the biggest part of what we do on the job is problem solve. And this is why it goes back to it taking two years or so to really feel comfortable in the lighting and fan industry because the biggest thing you're doing in the showroom is solving problems. It could be little tiny problems. It could be design problems. It could be fun problems. Like I can't decide between which of these two fabulous chandeliers I want to have in my dining room now and talking through the pros and cons. Like that's a fun problem to solve. Sometimes it's much more uh, difficult. Like my fan, you know, isn't working. I turn it on, it comes on, it'll only stay on high. Like it can get much more technical, but it is still problem solving. And those are the kind of employees I want. I want people that can demonstrate a real willingness to solve problems, to talk things through, to figure things out. It's really, really, really important to what we do every day. And it's what increases our customer satisfaction and keeps those customers coming back to us because we were able to solve their problem and fix things in a way that you can't get help on the internet or the big box store. You can't get that solution there. So being so solution-based and thinking and problem-solving, I believe is the real asset of my showroom business. And I'm always looking for employees that can fit into that mindset and and engage in that way. Um, There was one other thing in this article I wanted to mention that I did sort of on accident in the last time I hired, but it worked out beautifully and was my favorite new thing I've ever done in the hiring process. So listen up. So last time I went to hire, I had an employee who was leaving. I needed to hire somebody in, but this was all at the same time as I was taking that long vacation that I took last September with my husband as his like retirement present deferred from COVID. It was almost three weeks that we were away but I still needed to have the hiring process going on. So I did all my usual, you know, posting of the job ad and everything. I reviewed the candidates while we were on vacation. 
And then I would send the best leads over to um, my sales supervisor, who I mentioned before. I had, um, she came to work with us um, based off of a Facebook post for the job listing. Um, And she would set up times for the top candidates to come in and just meet with her and the sales team and see the showroom itself. And it was very casual. These were like 30 minute meet and greet, stop in visits. Um, but this article calls them peer level interviews. We didn't go so far as like doing a full interview. She was just able to sit with the candidates, talk with them, see if she felt like they were really interested in the job, how well they would operate as a, as a team member, how well she felt like they would fit with our company culture and how we operate and do business, which is also really hard to gauge in a job interview. Um, especially when everyone's just trying to tell you what they think you want to hear. So the kind of casual aspect of it and like just coming in to see, it was super helpful. I took all of her opinions and comments to heart and the, we ended up hiring two people out of this process. Both were recommended by her after her, you know, peer sit down interview catch up. And, um, it's been great. The, the two people we hired have integrated really well with our team. They're doing an excellent job. Um, I, I cannot uh, applaud this process more. Um, it worked probably the best of any hiring round we've ever had in, in the showroom. So I really encourage you, if you have a sales team leader or a sales manager, um, somebody to really bring, or someone that just is sort of like a natural leader in your sales, um, environment. I can't recommend this enough that they have just, um, um, a meet and greet, like isolated without the big boss there, like do it without the manager, whoever's making the final hiring decision. I don't think they should be at this meeting. Just do it, you know, chit chat, see if how they think they get along with the company culture. Are they really interested in the job? Are they just job hopping? Are they just trying to get a pay raise? You'll get so much more truthful information out of the applicant when they aren't talking to the person that's making the final hiring decision because some of the pressures released. And then after that, um, after they have the, the casual, then they can do the formal interview with the person that really makes the decision. And then you can come, you know, then we come together and combine that information together. And that's how I think we found such great candidates for our positions. So I definitely recommend that as a strategy. But look, hiring in a retail lighting showroom is no joke. It is quite a process finding somebody that is willing to get into the minutia of lighting and fans and decor and really live it and breathe it because that is how you become successful as a salesperson. Um, if you just are there to collect a paycheck, you're never going to really be a successful light fixture salesperson. It's just not going to happen. You have to be able to know the ins and outs of it and be able to problem solve. And again, hiring for that like rare magical combination of skill sets is really challenging. And even if you find somebody you think is good in sales or might be a good problem solver or technical thinker, if they come into it and they just can't find a way to get worked up about great lighting and become what I lovingly call a lighting nerd, 
um, they're probably just never going to excel at the job and they're just going to bide their time till they can move on. So it is super, super, super challenging. I completely concur with Bob. Two years to get somebody fully, fully vested and integrated as a great light fixture salesperson. So that's it for me this week. I just um, found that to be so interesting talking through the hiring process and what makes a great candidate. And I just wanted to elaborate and share a little bit more on that one. Thank you so much for listening again this week. Um, be sure to tune in next time. And until then, take care.